the past couple of weeks we've been focusing on understanding that kavana is really hachana. The kavana, the intent of davening, is really the preparation and the setting that goes into davening. Today we're going to start the next section, the next category. We're going to move on from hachana and actually get into the the davening um, process itself, which as we expressed the first week, there are a number of different ways, approaches to daven, either 10 approaches, which we listed some of them, or 13, according to the Medrash. And I want to start going through these uh, approaches to daven. And the reason why this is important is because when we come to have kavana and we create the setting, what setting am I creating? It's, first of all, that I'm with Hashem to do what? To do what? Okay? We're hanging out. There's a process of tefillah. So what is this process of tefillah and how does it work? Okay? So that's where we begin to go through uh, tonight. It's called bitzur. It's a style, it's a type of davening called bitzur. The root of the word bitzur is bitzar. To be in tsar. What does tsar mean? So we know uh, that the word tsar, we know, we're familiar with the word tsaris, <laughs> right? And that's, that's certainly connected. Bitsar is in, in tsaris. But as uh, many of us who've had the opportunity to learn together for a number of years have learned, is that the word tsaris itself does not mean pain. The word tsaris itself means narrow. Bitsar means I am confined, I am in confinement. I am being, I, there's, there is something happening that I need to break out from. The word Mitzrayim, we're up to Parshas Ve'ira, we're going through the Jews' enslavement in Egypt. Mitzrayim, the root of Mitzrayim is also Tzarayim, right? It's, it's in between and it caused Tzaras to people. It's a place where people just didn't, you, you couldn't think. You couldn't think there. It's so seeped in impurity, and it's so seeped in busyness, and in the, the the way that they lived, and the whole process behind Paro, who's the Yitzhahara, is don't think because you're coming from a place that's very narrow. You don't have the expansiveness. You don't have the broad broadness of mind to really, as we know, the more open-minded you are to things, the more you'll find Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Some people are open-minded and their minds fall out. That's what happens. But open, open-minded means I'm really I have open. I, I'm open to I, I'm open to seeing things. I'm open to seeing things. I'm open to, to recognizing things and and noticing what's happening. I'm 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 willing to see. Bitzur is from a place of we are confined. Now, what is this? So this is a style of davening. Bitzur hi hakriya beitzur. Bitzur is a style of davening which is to call out at a time of tzara, at a time of pain, a time of narrowness. Now, Davin uh, King David in Tehillim, Parakir Ches, chapter 18, uses this expression of tzila when he says, Batsar li, when I am batsar, when I am in tzar, ekra Hashem. There is like a natural calling out to Hashem. Now, Bitzur is Yesod ve'ikr l'chol sugyas ha This type of prayer, the reason why we want to start with this, as Rosham Shabikas, is because it is a foundational type of prayer needed in all areas of davening. Even when we get to other types of davening, we're going to need Bitzur to kind of anchor what's happening. 
And we find this many times throughout the sages' words, the way that they refer to davening in a broader sense is using this. They'll say the tefillah is called bakoshas rachamim, request for mercy. You're requesting for mercy. What do you, what do you need mercy for? You're coming from a place of need. I'm narrowed, right? I'm narrowed. I, I have need. I need, a, I need something broader and larger. And we know when we pray, the praying should be done in a way of supplication. Supplication means that I am lacking. I need something beyond me. There's something outside of myself that's needed. Like a person who's in need and they have a request to fill that lack. This is the main formulation of the essence of prayer. And he says, now tefillah, davening, is something that once we learn how to do it, we connect with it so much because foundationally, it's our essence. This bitzor is the essence of person. Being in need for something outside of me and being in need for help is the essence of of Adam, it's the essence of humanity. And this is how we're different from all of God's creation. This is how we're different. He says, listen, everything else that God created has instincts and nature inside of them to get whatever they need. They have the instincts to get whatever they need. Take a buffalo. Because that that's a joke that we commonly share. You take a you take a right, t- take a buffalo in in Montana, right? Achar shemila krisa. It's got a full belly. Yeah, it's got a full belly. Yeah, go to Buffalo after breakfast. No, how you doing? Very excellent. I mean, well, life couldn't be better. Okay. Now, lochein haadam. Talk. Let's talk about a person. Who has a brain to know, I also need to eat lunch. <coughs> There's also lunch that needs to be eaten. So now I'm in need right now. Yeah, do I have a full belly? Yeah, I might feel good for now. But in my mind, I'm not satisfied with my full belly because I know the belly doesn't, doesn't stay full forever. And I also want to eat soon. A buffalo's not thinking what's happening soon. I, I need to eat. I go and eat and I'm done. Now I'm, I'm lazy for the rest of the day. I'm good. But a person doesn't work like that. Nimza tamid bitzara. I'm constantly in this narrow place. Machmas daigas asido because of the future. Now think about it. The reason why I'm in this place of need is because I'm actually smarter. If a buffalo would have a working mind, the buffalo would also be concerned and never be fully satisfied with the amount of food that it has. Vitamid So we, in our essence, Always know that we don't always, we, we always know we don't have something else. That's something that's known to a person who has a mind. There's other things that are needed that I don't currently have. And the smarter and more observant a person is, who he knows, and feels more. And this is fascinating. This is not only true with with food, it's true with many things. It's true with Torah. It's true with life. The more learned we become in something, 
the more we know that there's more to learn. Because I'm aware. I'm aware. I wasn't, it's not that, oh, now there's so much more to learn. <laughs> and before there wasn't. No, no, no. Before you didn't even know. You didn't know that there's more to learn. Now that I know that there's another element, that another, there, there's something else that, that could be learned. It's like, wow, there's like so much. I don't know. So it applies both in physical needs, it applies in emotional needs and spiritual needs. It's a fascinating concept. It's a fascinating reality that Hashem put into, and it's unique to humanity. It's a unique thing with humanity that we have the ability to know, to, to, to figure things out, but because we have this blessing of being able to figure things out, we always have a tsara. Again, tsara not necessarily meaning a pain, but a lack. Something else that's needed outside of ourselves. Listen to this, this is amazing. If a person's she'ifas, their, their, their pull, their motivation is for this world. He's got, I got big concepts. I got, I got big, yeah. What about Ashiris wealth? Margish okay. Let's say I have big, I love fancy cars. Okay, so you know, listen, I mean, you're driving a car that's not fancy. So you're going to know that there's a whole world of fancy cars there. Why? Because that's where your mind is. As a kid, it could be baseball cards. As an adult, it could be bigger toys. There's always somebody else who's got a better card. And a, you know a, a, something else that's out there that might come up in the next pack that you buy. So I'll know I'm into gashmias. I'm into something physical. So I'll know. Okay, I don't have that, and I also recognize the dangers and the risks. We'll call it that go into achieving that. There's no real bitachim. I'm not talking about bitachin, meaning reliance on Hashem. We're saying, I know I can't really rely on anything that I'm ever going to get that to allow me to be calm today, to know that it's coming tomorrow. I don't know the future. I know it's something that I want, but I don't know the future. You can, what happens? Then you become wealthy and you lose your wealth. And then some people, uh, there's a cycle of life. Things come and things go. And certainly if somebody's righteous. In this world, the person's a tzaddik like, yeah, I don't need so much of this world. So am I okay? I'm okay. Listen, this is amazing. I'm going to stop in a moment, but I just want us to, as we're reading this, figure this out. Somebody who's into this world, are they concerned about their spirituality? No. You understand? They're thrilled with their spirituality. Because what I need is, what I need is cars. What I don't need is God. I'm fine. Totally fine with God. I'm not lacking. Because my she'ifas aren't there. It's an amazing concept. And somebody whose she'ifas, somebody whose motivation, however, is God, we are going to feel the least satisfied in our godliness and with our stuff. I don't need stuff. I'm fine. I don't need stuff. It's just stuff. Was it a car? It's a car. Was it a toy? It's a toy. What is it? What is it? Shesamach libay betoch b'ashem. Yeah, with stuff in this world, I have bitochin. I'm fine. Like it's not. I'm not thinking about it. It's not, it's not taking up my headspace. But as far as my spirituality, I'm worried about my eternity. Okay, this is like the 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 story that we told over when we were learning Perkei and I forget which gadol it was with. 
but there was one of the big gedolim. It could have been Rabbi Kiva Eger, one of the gedolim of the late seventeen hundreds. There was a din Torah that came to him, where um, there was an elderly, there was an elderly yid who was overly generous, overly generous with their finances. And as sometimes is the case, the family was very upset about it. Because what happens, especially when people are wealthy, and it's just something that I've seen firsthand in unfortunate reality, is that the children and grandchildren begin to think as the grandparents get older that the wealth is coming to them. So they don't want their grandparents who are now 107, right, to be so generous because you're giving away money that if you wouldn't give it away, it would be coming to me. That's how they, they begin to think. This is, this is Mamish, Lot, and Avram, right? There's Lot. Lot's like, what do you mean? It's, our, it's my land already because Avram doesn't have children. It's going to be his. So my camels could already, you know, graze over here. It's like, look, take a, take a backseat, dude. Like, walk, it's not yours. It's not even Avram's yet because Rocha's going to give it to them, but like, slow down. They're... There are people who think, generations that think, and they get upset at their parents and grandparents for actually giving away something that they think it's coming. They think it's coming to them. So there was a, a elderly year that was very very generous. The family was upset, very upset with the amount of tzedakah that he was giving, and they came. They brought the father to a din Torah to Rabbi Akiva Eger. He's giving away too much. Salah is you can't give away more than twenty percent. Okay, we know that it doesn't that doesn't fully apply, and it doesn't apply if you have wealth and you know you'll be fine by giving everyone twenty percent. There's no issue whatsoever. Person before they pass away can give away hundred percent if they know that that, that they're going to be fine with it. That's not an issue. But they took the grandfather to the entire. Okay, what's the claim? So Rabbi Vega says to, if it's Rabbi Vega, I believe I know it was a, one of the leading gedolim of that era. So he said to this gadol, uh, you know, our grandfather is giving away too much money. So the gadol says to the yid, he says, what's why are you giving it all away? You got to make sure you have enough. So he says, what if I'm dead tomorrow? I got to make sure I get my merits. I got to make sure I give charity. I got to make sure that people who who are going to use my money properly are taken care of. My kids can take care of themselves. I'll, you know, I, I prefer to give it to people who, you know, who are Tommy de Chachamim and whatever, whatever he, uh, idea he had. I might be dead tomorrow. Fine. That was, if he says I need to think about it, Fine. That very same day, a different question came to the same court. Similar situation with the opposite happening, which is an elderly parent or grandparent that the family was claiming is too frugal, has a lot of money, but is way too frugal and not generous enough. Not being generous enough with with the community and with them. And the so the tzaddik says to this elderly, he says, what's... You know, what's driving you to not, you know, to be so stingy? And he says, listen, I'm, you know, I'm in my upper 90s. If I live till 120, I got to make sure I have another 100, I got to make sure I have another 22 years left in the bank. <laughs> right? I can't, can't just give stuff away. So so the, the, whoever the tzaddik was mused to the other dayanim, he says, you know what I think? I think that each of these men should be spared their greatest fear. The first guy who came in and was scared of dying tomorrow, let's give him a blessing, he should live for 22 years. And the guy who's scared of living 22 years, let's give him a blessing, he should be dead tomorrow. 
says, what are you afraid of? What, what are you afraid of? Right? That's, that's the idea. What did, what, what's in your mind? What's happening here? What, what's going on here? It's a fascinating, think about the, I mean, listen, all good psychology stems from Torah. We know this. So, so the Shamsham the, the, Pink is here is teaching us a fascinating foundation when it comes to Beatsworth, and that is, if you're concerned about this world, this is, a reality, this is the essence of a person, how we're different than any other creation. We're always lacking. That's fine. We're lacking. If you're into this world, you're going to be lacking this world and you'll be fine with your spirituality. You will never grow in it because you're just fine. Why should I spend time coming together to learn about tefillah? Why should I? I'm fine. I'm too busy at work. I'm busy with this world. I need to be worried about uh, God. Yeah, worried about God? Well, where's God? You know, it's, Got more important things, God forbid, right? But that's, it's not as important. Not to say that whoever's not here, it doesn't mean that. But the idea is there, that we have to focus on spirituality. And people who really care more about their spirituality, what are they concerned about? Their spirituality. And what are they less concerned about? Things. Things, stuff, right? And, and ultimately, you know, if, if you're less concerned with it, you have to put in your list. you can't be dumb, you can't do it. But ultimately, the Rebbe can send bracha, he can send it out. Uh, he can send it out this way. Incredible, uh, in, in, incredible, incredible reality in how to define bitzur. So what's bitzur? Bitzur is my lack. When I show up to daven, there's a type of davening where I'm noticing that there's more to my, there's more to me that I want to connect with that I'm lacking in, and I have to figure out where and how is that going to be filled. Ube emes, and in truth, let's keep going on this idea. He says, you know, we're talking about, you could, so you show up to Davin, you come alone, you prepare, you sit down, you spend a few minutes before opening the sitter, or as we're davening, we're getting ourselves into the mindset, I'm here to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is the setting, and I'm here to, I mean, I'm here to pray through Bitzur, I'm here to pray through knowing that I'm lacking, whether I'm lacking stuff, or whether I'm lacking more of a connection that I'm yearning for. I'm here to fill something that's lacking in me. I'm here to fill something that's lacking in me. But he says, the, the truth is, there's another way to daven. It doesn't always need to be beats. Like we said, there's many types of davening. A person could connect to Hashem without feeling constrained. Sometimes you show up to pray, and it's all like tehilos and sishbachos. It's all gratitude, and it's like, God, wow, you're incredible. I have too much. I have too much blessing given. This is wild. I could see. I could move. I could talk. I could think. Like I'm not lacking nothing. It's like it was too much. I go. Well, why are you giving me something incredible? The gifts that I have in my life. And we're like well, the greatness of God. The healing sense of Shabbos. He says that's another type of prayer. He says he says let's get real for a moment. There's a big difference. Shalishiras v'sishbachos. In order to show up with the second type of prayer that we just spoke about, you know what you got to do? You got to work on yourself to get there. You got to work on yourself. You have to see. We're talking about somebody mentioned seeing something. It's a blessing to be able to be observant. Pick things out. Notice something. It takes work. It takes effort to get to a place. It's onerous to awaken myself. Nature is, the way God made the world, is to forget Him. There's a fascinating idea. I, I have this host to learn with uh, um, 
Ruben Axelbaum on Thursdays. He gives a physics class to some high school kids. So before his class, we he goes through some of these ideas and he shares that with me and, and we find places in Torah that it all connects with. We never miss. It's incredible. I'm, I'm learning so much about physics and, and how the, the perfection of everything. And um, one, of the, one of the concepts and ideas that uh, we discussed, I don't want to get too much detail, is it's, it's an incredible thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made this world in a way where it takes months and years and decades to build things that in a moment is gone. The ability to destruct is far beyond the ability to build. It could take you 20 years to build a skyscraper. In a sec, in, in, in a minute, psh, gone. It could take decades to build up a good name. And a person, and legit, legitimately, building up a good, eh, a good thing, eh, and being a good person. And then you hear of people, they've, Perhaps they were very good for a very long time. There's stories in Gemara with Kaihanim Gedailim, high priests that were legitimate tzaddikim for 40 years, 80 years. And in a moment, they, they, they're done. They do an Avera or they, they, they walk away from Hashem. It's, it's, how can you do that in a moment after it took... You, you can't be built up in a moment. It's not the way it works. Not the way it works. It's just a fascinating idea. It connects very, 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 very much with, with physics and how as soon as things are built, they, but in, in a general form, without getting too involved, it does start to de- degenerate, kind of. But what um, what he's pointing out over here is that Shiraz Zizbach is to build this understanding of the goodness and to see goodness, it takes time. It takes training. It takes training ourselves. It takes awareness. You look around and eventually, hopefully, it'll become a habit and we start to notice it. And we're learning this uh, a little bit in, in Bovavi, noticing HaKadosh Baruch Hu in things, but it takes time. It takes effort. But when it comes to uh, uh, Tzara, it, it, it comes to something difficult. It's like right away. Right away, people could, could connect. Masha um, Inkin Atzaras, as opposed to when there's a difficulty. Nature is amazing, causes Atzara, a place of narrowness, to bring us to God and to see God against our will. I didn't even try, but I'm forced. I'm forced. It's like, what, what else is there? What else is there? Va'id and furthermore, We know that when it comes to his slavus, the the emotion and the 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 emotion that comes when we when we daven is uh, comes in a much more forceful way when it's from a place of narrowedness. It's only individuals that have worked on this for a while that can really have an emotional prayer that's all about the expansiveness and greatness of God's kindness. He says, and we know that's not true when it comes to Tzaras. As we see for ourselves, the person can have the most closed off heart. Person's a non-believer, a non-this, there's no God, I don't see God, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, their life's hanging by a thread. Or they have a loved one 
they have a, a, a child, a sibling, a parent, all of a sudden their hearts start to tremble. The and they'll, 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 start, they'll start praying, they don't even know to who. They don't even know to what, they don't know what's happening. All of a sudden their heart starts, starts moving and they're like, oh please, 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 who are you talking to yourself? Please what? What's happening here? But Shafilu thing, and and they could get to a place of prayer if they channel it to God. Shafilu gets a thing with Daylam in a zeichel lekach imloi beis ratzon gadol that even the greatest tzaddikim have a tough time reaching that emotional prayer when they want, because we're kind of forced into this situation. The chalakim gedolim, and there's a big differences mitfilai sefer tehillim benuyim al yisai tefila zet, and he says, and you should know. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped a little bit. Vamru Chazal, and the sages teach us in tractate Yuvamas, Daf Samachtal, on page 64, and there's a fascinating statement. Why were the matriarchs, why were they, uh, had, why was it impossible for them to have children? Because the Kaddish Baruch Hu wants the Tzvilas of the Tzadik, which is a fascinating concept in and of itself. Rabbi Berkowitz spoke about this at Shal Shura, shared a beautiful thought on this. says, try imagining if Isaac had been born to Abraham and Sarah, if he had been born to Avram and Sarah nine months after they got married. Try to imagine the connection that Avram and Sarah would have to Hashem. Try to imagine who Yitzchak would be if he wasn't born with all those prayers gathered together. Decades and decades of prayer for this existence that came about through tefillah. He says, and on the flip side, what are you going to say? Give Isaac to Abraham and Sarah nine months after they're married and let them thank Hashem for the next few decades. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's incredible. He says, And he says, Think about King David's life. Think about David HaMelech. His whole book of Tehillim. Here and there you'll find prayers about Hallelujah, you'll find Hallel, you'll find some, you know, the praising. But even that, very often, it comes from a place of Bitzur. Comes from a place of Bizra. I find God amongst my tsara and I call out the name of Hashem. Hashem, please Hashem, Malta Nafshi. It's all over the hillim. The, 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 the way that we learn how to pray. He found himself in a place of narrowness. And he always viewed it like, I need to connect to Hashem to improve things so it doesn't get, you know, it's just in order to have goodness come to my life. And through this, bringing himself to this place, he was able to compose the beautiful Sefer Tehillim and Davin to the one who could fill that need. To bring about the salvation. Okay, one more paragraph, and then we'll wrap it up for the Sharm Tefillah. So here we go. It says a beautiful concept. So so far we have we have clarity. 
And that is, what's Bitzor? When I show up, I'm, again, I'm setting, a, I'm setting, I'm creating a setting for my prayer. What's the setting? I'm walking into shul, and I'm, the, the first type of prayer that I'm thinking to myself about is, I have so many lacks, and I have the ability to connect with Hashem who could fill everything. He could fill every lack. But we have to think of the lacks to create movement in the heart. Not to be negative, chas v'shalom, but I know the essence of a person is, because I have a mind, this is what's beautiful, what he's saying in the beginning, animals don't lack, because they don't think. Because I think, and I have this blessing with me, of being able to, to notice and to see. So, I, I see with clarity that I need Hashem to fill the needs. And that's what I'm, and, and by doing this, I'm connecting with the CEO of whatever, whatever's needed. Anything that I need. This is what, I, this is what, this is what I'm here to do. He says, here's the issue though. I love this. I connect with this very much. The problem is, we don't, we don't like to ask for stuff. We don't, we don't like this. Right? We don't like to bother people. We don't want to be takers. So, <clears throat> it says, in the world, there's people that don't ask. They don't ask. They don't want favors to anybody. For a number of reasons. Again, any good psychology. You ready? Oh, Masabusha. Either because we're embarrassed. It's one reason why we don't like asking for things. Oh, so Adam or sometimes we have to realize that by not asking for something, it's not that I'm being nice to everybody else, I'm just too arrogant to ask. Sometimes I won't ask because I have an arrogance inside of me, and to ask for others and to make it look like I'm needy, not befitting of somebody of my stature. Sometimes we're like this. It, it takes a self-aware person to know where it's coming from because sometimes be like, oh, it's a healthy thing to not be a taker. True, we also need to be self-aware. Why, I'm, If I'm not taking because I'm embarrassed, then you should ask. You should ask. If I'm not taking because I'm too arrogant... Break your arrogance and go ask. <laughs> but but know, but know which midah it's stemming from. Know which midah it's stemming. It's a very it's it's such a it's such an important you say. Avokolza who rock, but he says even this even even this awareness. When am I when am I too embarrassed to like be a taker to ask to and and to let people help? Avokolza who rock bimikarim shasov so that's if in situations if at the end of the day. Low koiv, low kolkach. If I don't ask, what's going to happen? Either I don't know what's going to happen, or all right, it'll be a little harder, be a little more difficult. But let's say you're you're in a real pickle. You're in a pickle. Az bal against your will, v'shalo betuvaso, and against your own judgment. You forget your arrogance. You forget your embarrassment. And you throw yourself on the ground. And you pray for your life. I don't want to be a taker. God forbid. God forbid. Somebody's choking. 
you don't not ask people for help. You look at the nearest, no one's going to be like, Boo. no, you look, and somebody, of course, there's a life on the line. If somebody is in a, is, is in a, a, a very difficult situation for them, for their family, it could be a financial thing, it could be a physical thing, it could be, it, it gets to a certain point where it's like my embarrassment's out the window, my arrogance out the window. There are things that are more important that need to be taken care of over here. Vafilu akshonim, and they can have the most stubborn, stubborn people. Sheyadifu lamas, they prefer to die. I prefer to die. Yeah, we uh, we said all over. Uh, what was the joke we said by the Hoch Shabbos class on Sunday? Um, but the guy who was drowning, right? So the lifeguard goes goes uh, out to save him. We said this not here, right? We said in the Shabbos class, guy goes out to save him, and he says, "Give me your hand, give me your hand." Oh no, this is a Friday night. Okay, do my hand. He says, "He says, give, give me your hand." I was thinking, about, "Give me your hand." See, this guy's like, this guy's like splashing around, hitting the lifeguard. Like, go ahead. Finally, there's somebody swimming nearby. He says, the guy's stingy. Instead of telling him, give me your hand, say, take my hand. Lifeguard says, take my hand. The guy's like, grabs his hand. Right? Right? Some people, it's like their life's on the line. Like, they, they, you know, they can't do nothing. They can't give, they can't, they, you know, I'm not giving you my hand. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I'll take your hand. You're not, you're not getting my hand. So, so you have the greatest akshanim. But all of a sudden, you're in a real pickle. All of a sudden, like, you know, you think everything's going to be lost. There's nothing, no greater loss than a, than a life. All your logic and your gainess and how you're going to do this and put it on this credit card and go there, that, that, all of a sudden, a person's life, it's like, okay, listen, this is, it's all nothing. It's, it loses its value completely in the place of saving a life. And you'll ask. See, here we go. This is what we need to get to when it comes to davening. Stop being embarrassed. Don't say, I don't need to show up to God because I don't need help. Don't say, I don't need to show up to God because I can do this myself. A person in general could be lazy with their tefillah. He says, All of a sudden, your tzaras get bigger. And you can't even say, I don't even know if there's a God. But, but if you don't get some help, you got one foot in the grave, another one in a banana peel. You're going to show up. You forget your laziness. You forget your arrogance. And you say, oh, uh, how can I ask God for something? You know how many sins I did today? I sinned 189 times before his chakra started. Okay? And now I'm going to show up to God and be like, God, you know, like, hey, I'm here. You know, show me the money. You know, uh, take care. I need my health. I need my this. I need, you know, it's like, uh, uh, I'm not, you know, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to bother you. Like maybe you don't look at what I'm doing and I'm not asking for nothing. You know, <laughs> very often that's what we try to, that's how we try. But he says, he says, if you show up to davening with Bitsur, show up with Bitsur, that HaKadosh Baruch I'm lacking, I'm lacking something here. Whether I'm lacking stuff, whether I'm lacking Ruchnias, 
I need help. I'm no longer embarrassed about what I've done. It's not part of the calculation. Doesn't doesn't exist. Does not exist. The yipol of fun of his and I show up the shul, and I so to speak fall in front of Hashem, and I I say Hashem, I'm here. I have bitzor. I have needs. There's things that need to be done. That's why you gave me a mind, so I know that I have needs. That's how I'm different than an animal. That's how I'm different than a rock. That's how I'm different than any other creation. I'm here with needs. And I need help. And I'm not even thinking about what I've done. I'm not thinking about my embarrassment. My arrogance of ever asking for help falls to the wayside. And I have a betfila. I have a davening. I have a tefillah that's going to come from the depths of my heart. He says, this is my first piece of advice. My first piece of advice to people who are struggling with struggling with their need to even come pray. He says, think about this truth. Think, contemplate, this is the truth. Notice that you have, I mean, some people here may have a pacemaker, but we weren't born with batteries in our hearts. What's making our heart beat? Notice we don't have batteries in our brains. What's making those billions and billions of neurons cooperate so we don't, God forbid, have a stroke right now? It's this complicated dashboard. Picture billions of phone lines going through this dashboard and never a single crash. A stroke is like a single crash of one line on this dashboard of billions of of phone lines. Hashem, I need you. I need you. My, I'm not thinking about that. It's not, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to build this. I'm here to connect. With, I'm, I'm, I'm here because I need you and I, want, and I want to have a relationship with you. We're going to build this together. And what, what we're doing here is spending a little bit of time thinking. I need help. And even, even if I have my sins. So Hashem, why do I have my sins? Because I need your help with my sins. That also you can help me with. You can help me with my stuff. You can help me with my sins. You can help me with my mind. You can help me with them. And the more we show up to davening with these, with this over... Over, uh, overarching, thank you, uh, <laughs> concepts, concepts of showing up. So I'm showing up. So we, we, we've learned. Achana, get yourself in a setting. Get yourself in a setting. What's, what's a setting? He says the underlying setting for Bitsur is show up in need. Don't show up like, you know, hey, like this is just a business meeting. You know, it's a business meeting. It's not a business meeting. We're showing up to our Creator who conducts everything in our life, and I have this incredible opportunity to just talk to him. That's the knowledge that there's more that I can't control. That's a tzara. I'm narrow, and I'm relying on this tefillah to really broaden my, my, ability, uh, my, my ability. So that's, a, a little, that's an introduction to, uh, for this week of, of what Bitsur is, and then now we'll spend a few minutes uh, going into the sitter. We did last week the first two blessings of the morning blessings, and today we'll get through a, a couple of more.
Okay, blessing number three. Thank you, Hashem, for not making me a Eved, for not making me a slave or a servant. Continuing on this interesting theme that we're going to have one more blessing for men, at least, that is going to be in a negative type of term. But let's discuss, first and foremost, what a slave is. So I'm going to start this explanation with a premise that we would agree to the Mishnah in Avos, which tells us that Ezehu Gibar, who is a strong, victorious person, that is Hakovesh Yitzro, a person who conquers their Yitzro Hara. Okay? A person, the sages teach us, the Gemara says, it's harder to be in control of yourself than it is to be in control of a whole city. It's much easier to control thousands and thousands of people than it is to actually control yourself. So a strong person is somebody who's in control of themselves. We're going we're gonna to use that as a premise, okay? With that underlying premise, notice as we go through the explanation, we're going to understand for not making us a slave or servant, it's a very personal prayer. It's for, thank you, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a thank you, it's a statement that God gives us the ability to not be a servant. Let's get into this. We talk about slavery. The word slavery, especially for us here in America, is a, it's, it's, a, it's a bad word. Okay. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. We know that uh, every human being is created by Tzalem Elohim. And, um, you know, uh, a slave by definition is somebody who's kind of like property. You're not a neshama. You're not a person. You're not connected to God at all. You're a piece of land. You're a transaction. You're, you're something that, that moves from uh, person to person. Okay, um, a slave has no power over themselves. They can't, on their own, withdraw from any sort of agreement and be like, "I'm not in on this." But nobody asked you. Other people are controlling them, and there's no payment, and you're just going to take care of the slave or the servant as much as you need them. So you'll feed them because you need them, but there's no any sort of uh, uh, payment. Um, it's it's very clear. Why nobody would want to be a slave? It's a very, uh, it's a, it's a very straight up statement. Um, so the question is, same question we asked when we said Shalom Asani Goy for not making me a non-Jew. We asked why couldn't God just say? Well, why couldn't the sages put in the blessing? Thank you, Hashem, for making me Jewish instead of writing it in the negative. We could ask the same question here. Why don't we say thank you, Hashem, for making me free? Yeah, thank you, Hashem, for making me free. Why are we saying thank you, Hashem, for not making me a servant? If you if you express it like this, it'll give a it'll give a very clear message that freedom that we're in this world to be free and have the ability to be beyond what we currently have. We have the ability to expand and to grow, to stretch upwards. But for some reason, in this blessing as well, the sages decided to do it in in. Uh, the negative form. So the same question we asked before, we can really uh, we can really be asking now. Okay. So let's discuss what freedom is. If I would say, if the blessing would be, thank you Hashem for making me free. What is freedom? What is freedom? So the sages teach us, the, the, the 
freedom that a person has is only the freest person, the most free person, is a person who's loyal to himself and to Hashem. I'm more free when I make myself subservient to a greater power to become, to become bigger and beyond myself. We cannot be free to do what we want and then be beholden to the Yitzhahara. Again, who is a warrior? Who's strong? A person who controls themselves. Freedom is not the ability to do what I want. Freedom is the ability to have standards, to have a structure, and to to utilize the lack of servitude to grow closer to Hashem. That's really what freedom is. Freedom, except that people view, if I say, thank you God for uh, making me free, well, what does that mean? So Jewish freedom means that each person can, can utilize their life, making themselves and the world better by utilizing and following the servitude of Hashem. This is what David Melech says, we say this in Halal. We say, uh, David Melech says, Ani avdecha ben amosecha, Ani avdecha ben amosecha, I am your servant, the son of your maidservant, pitachta lemoserai, am I being a servant, the son of your maidservant? That's what opens my chains. By being a servant, I'm free. The David Melech said, by going beyond what Meitzahara is telling me to do, and doing the right thing, even when it's difficult, and chaining myself to that, make myself an Eved Hashem, this is, the, this is Jewish freedom. This is what freedom is. It's a, it's a fascinating, and it's a, it's a very uh, uh, powerful idea. So let's bring this now into the bracha. The bracha is not a thanks. It's a statement. This bracha is a statement. The statement is, I'm not going to say thank you Hashem for freedom, because... Freedom does not just mean that I'm not a servant. Freedom means I'm doing the rots and Hashem. So if I would say I'm free, uh, blessed are you Hashem, king of the universe, um, for making me a, a free person. Okay? Well, you made me a free person. Well, that's going to open up a, uh, you know, a situation where I could be held accountable for that. Because if I have the ability and opportunity, like we said, like we said about Judaism, to be as great as I can be, do I want to do I want to open that up? And is that the statement that I'm comfortable saying as soon as I wake up in the morning and and putting that entire that, that's something I could say, you know, when I'm I'm in a a. You know, outside of davening and in, in a you know a setting that's a little easier, but in the structured setting, I want to I want to mention that I'm connecting to Hashem, and I'm beholden to the knowledge that the gift of freedom that Hashem has given me is shalom asani of it. Hashem's given me the ability that I'm not stuck serving anybody else, because if I were to say. I have the ability, I have the absolute ability to serve Hashem to the utmost. I'm, I'm, I, I'm saying something negative about myself, and that's not the idea. I don't want to put myself into a into a situation where there's going to be divine scrutiny. 
Oh, tell me, you, st- you just said you could do everything and now look at the rest of your day. Look what's happening. So for my own good, like we said about people's tombstones and Rabbi Rilam Steinman with his eulogy, so for this reason, it's given. Now there's a number of different reasons. This is, I just want to be consistent with this approach. For this reason, we say, thank you Hashem, Shalom Asani Ovet. For not making me into an event, I'm giving over the recognition that I have this ability, but at the same time, not mentioning that like, you know, this is what I do per se in a way of where it's coming across as an element of, of arrogance that can open up scrutiny for a person.